This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mmm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode number 253 of the Stacey West podcast. I'm your host Ben and this week in the dawn of a new era I'm joined by Chris. How are you doing mate? Are you well? Hello, hello everybody. I'm very, very well indeed. How are you? I'm excited, mate. I'm I'm very excited to see what what this new Lincoln City era is going to be. But I think before we before we dive into that, you know, as 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 life been treating you well, are you you know, are you are you happy and healthy and all the rest of it. Happy, healthy, happy. Uh, yeah, all good. Just gutted that I missed the uh, missed the announcement in real time on Monday night. Mm. I was I was I always work late on a Monday evening, uh, and literally the moment that the, that it went live. And you know, like you, you have a feeling the the news is imminent. Yeah. And now I'm, and I was there delivering a delivering a group session. Like I was there just about to start my session, thinking I bet we've got a new manager now. <laughs> and I didn't get didn't get it until you know a couple of hours later. Uh, and I, since then, just like I, everyone, have been down many many rabbit holes about uh, kind of a, a Michael Scubala shaped hole. Um, yeah. I'm sure we're going to discuss in the coming the coming moments. But yeah, indeed, I did get a bit worried because I, I I sort of saw all of the you know the messages in the group chat, and I was like. Chris hasn't read the messages. Is is he all right? And I very nearly sent you a DM. Just like, are you all right? I didn't. But yeah, obviously working late, understandable. Well, that's so. very kind of you. It's nice to know that you're, <laughs> that you're thinking of my that my of my well being. Yeah, I work late on every, every Monday though. So, so if anyone needs to get in touch with me on Monday night, sorry, impossible. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, but uh, of course there is potentially you know the, the, there is a potential new job for you on the horizon as well. Being the uh, is it Bromley um, that have got? Oh, the... so did anyone? Hopefully, someone else has seen that. So many people have tagged me in that. By the way, thank you. Everybody <laughs> for that. Um, oh, it looks brilliant, though, doesn't it? So, if anyone hasn't seen um, Bromley in a genuinely not not a gimmicky way, Andy Woodman, the manager, has said this is not a gimmick; it is real. We just want to try and, and uh, what did they say, enhance the knowledge base of the staff. So, there's a, a full time position available at Bromley Football Club. Um, to be, I think it was a, a tactical assistant. It, it's, or yeah, something. it's a tactical analyst or something along those lines. Analyst, yeah, yeah. Um, and you apply because of your football manager, as in the video game football manager yeah. background, and you have to do like a one-minute application, uh, a little video explaining why, and then they'll whittle it down to to, to, a, to a little interview. 
I'm like, you know what? I know it's a little bit tongue in cheek, but it is that that is the that's the dream job. There's no denying <laughs> that's the dream job is to go work in football as a tactical a tactical kind of analyst and be involved in training, player recruitment, and opposition analysis. And but it's just a backdoor route, different to kind of the, the traditional routes in. It's yeah. heaven. Just <laughs> you know, I don't want to. I don't want to move to London. I don't. I don't want to miss Lincoln games. So it's probably a no go for me. But no, oh, what no. a what a brilliant idea! But yeah, it looks it looked fantastic. Yeah, I think what is it? If you get a if you get the PC or the Xbox achievement for a certain thing you can do in the game, that kind of puts you in the standing for for applying for the role. It's like. It, it's been a meme for so long, isn't it? Where it's like, oh, I've done well on Football Manager, so I'm going to send my CV in now. It's actually happening. Yeah, so. yeah, it's fantastic. Fair play to Bromley. And like, I, I, really, I thought when I first saw it, that's well, that's obviously just a bit of a gimmick. A gimmick a yeah, a, yeah, a bit of a kind of a PR stunt. But Andy Woodman said, no, we want to hire someone that's going to, just going to see things in maybe a different way, and they're going to very much be part of part of the the backroom staff and be treated as such. Um, I actually looked into the salary. It's it's more than I earn. <laughs> already wow. you think it's like a, like an internship or he's like minimum wage isn't it? it's actually not not a bad salary it's it's better than what i i'm on now so oh, i was very tempted it is london though isn't it so you, that's you, true got, yes everything kind of costs a million yeah. pounds <laughs> even coffee well look we we i'll i'll do some sort of segue from that and say that one man who has clearly been uh you know had a, an ex ex uh exceptional cv um, that, that isn't football manager related is the Imps' new head coach, Michael Skubala, who uh, has signed till the end of the 26-27 season. And he has come from Leeds United, where he was, I believe, the under-21s manager. He also was a caretaker manager there um, for a few games. And uh, he is held in very high regard by Leeds United fans because he he took them 2-0 up at Old Trafford. Um they went on to draw the game, but even so, lots of them still have that memory uh, held in very, very high regard. Um, a name that kind of came out of nowhere, didn't it? It was it was one of those that, um, you know, I think Friday, the, the odds went a little bit mental for uh, for Des Buckingham. Um, and I think the, the feeling, I mean, my feeling was, you know, that doesn't happen for no reason. And I thought to myself, well that's done and dusted then we'll probably see it announced on monday uh, i think we had a chat about it at the game as well um we did and, yeah charlie got very excited on twitter about it. <laughs> he did yeah <laughs> um but that, that was you know the feeling was right well something's happened it's going to be announced on monday and it's likely going to be des buckingham um and then no it it wasn't it was marcus Kibala, who is a name that i don't think ever appeared on the bookies list at all did he not not once no not that i saw at all so you know what? I think that's a real credit to the club. In 100%. that, there was clearly not a leak anywhere, and the bookies were guessing. To it, they may have had some educated guesses here and there. They've seen, you know, other other pieces of news in different, you know, outlets around all around the world. To be honest, but because I know Clive mentioned that they, you know, we were considering fifteen different applicants from from you know worldwide applicants, but we only actually approached Scubala. He he was very much the standout from what mm-hmm. I what I understand. Um, but it just shows the bookies had no idea, really, because no. the club are keeping keeping things under wraps, and that's so hard these days. So, so credit to them. And it's not something that we, we should be surprised about, really, because we're pretty good with it with players as well. The amount of times we've signed players in the summer, there hasn't been kind of that big. Oh, Lincoln assigned this player. Lincoln assigned this player. Lincoln assigned this player. And then the person who actually signed is someone that was never never in the conversation at all. We're just good at keeping things under wraps and keeping things in house. But mm. yeah, I'm not going to deny it. Um, it, you know, if there was a if there was a smoking gun 
um, that was Des Buckingham. You know, you, 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 there's enough evidence there to you know to, to kind of put two two together and, and and expect that that was going to be the announcement because the odds went from middle of nowhere to like absolutely odds on to actually being taken completely yeah, off the, taken down at one point off the they? market at one point. You think, well, that's I was with you. Thought the watch job done then, but someone was barking up the wrong tree somewhere, and. Yeah, again, credit to the club for keeping it under wraps, but it came to Monday evening, and yeah, I'm not going to deny, I was really surprised. Um, my only real knowledge of Michael Scubala was um, t- two things, really. is um, Number one, his, his stint at Leeds, his first team manager, just kind of recognised the name from somewhere. And then within five minutes of, uh, of the news coming through, well, I, I got a message from my... Um, a player that I used to manage at rugby, used to play, I used to play with him, then I managed him. But he's, his main sport was actually futsal, and he's been coached by Scoop Barlow, and he, he, he sent me some really interesting information because he's got some first-hand experience. And, and from that point, of course, just like I'm sure loads of people have, we've, we've, the more you read into the guy, the more impressive it is. And we're going to discuss this in, in a little bit of depth, I'm sure. But, yeah, I think, as you mentioned, the very very much the first well, the first thought was, oh, thank God we've got a manager now. Yes. Uh, we can we can stop worrying about the fact that it's been going on for so long. I personally never had an issue with it going on for a while. I'd rather it be rather it be um, robust. But ultimately, there's always, it's that uncertainty in it. That the area of uncertainty yeah. in the air is, is, is always going to get to people. And it affects different people in different ways. Mm. So just the fact that, right, big sigh of relief, we can crack on now. Um, yeah. That was really positive. And also the fact... Um, you know, I, we, of course, it isn't Danny Cowley. So there's going to be some people that are upset about that. But, but I, I, I was certainly in that Danny Cowley camp, as, as everybody knows. And it was going to take someone seriously impressive for me to not feel that Danny Cowley was the right candidate. And, and of the candidates I was aware of and had looked into any time before kind of last weekend, Danny Cowley was top of the list for me. But the more you look into Michael Scubala, I feel like his credentials really suit us right now. Um, yeah. But we can, we can talk. I'm, I'm going to go and talk into loads of different tangents here. So you need to stop me. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, so, look, I, so know, yeah, I mean, the thing is, my my first response was again, I'd I'd heard the name, but I hadn't. You know, I'm surprised it won't it won't surprise anybody. I didn't have a, a huge amount of knowledge around the guy. Um, you know, I, I knew, like you say, I knew he'd taken charge at Leeds for a couple of games. Um, I think it was after Jesse Marsh went, wasn't it? Um, yeah. That he, he had, you know, took control there. So I was aware of that, and I think, you know, the the, um, the the reaction of we always say it with players when when a player leaves, you can tell the kind of player that you get in and the quality of the player that you get in by the reaction of the opposition. You know, when they leave the club, um, and I think it's it's definitely a an interesting situation when a coach leaves. Um, or you know, a manager leaves when you know they haven't been sacked because obviously the sentiment around a manager getting sacked will more more often than not be negative. Um, you'll usually see like a lower league co- uh, coach or a manager go to a, a, a job in a similar division or you know a higher division. Um, but what I thought, what I found really interesting was the number of Leeds fans that were unbelievably complimentary about Skubala and saying. You know, you've done a fantastic job with the twenty, uh, with the twenty uh, ones or twenty threes, and you've gone. You know, you deserve a chance at a full time job, and and all of this, and so much of it was so positive. And there was a few, quite a few um, that mentioned. You know, he's 
incredibly attacking, uh, you know, incredibly attack minded, gets people playing good football, which again will come on to kind of stems from the um, the, the futsal experience uh, that he's had. But I, I just think one of the key things that came out of a lot of the uh, the sentiment was that it sounds like he's an excellent man manager as well, um, which I think. You know, again, not disparaging anything that's come before. I think that's been lacking at the club um, from a head coach for for maybe a little while at this point. Um, and yeah, it sounds like he he may well be the kind of person. Um, I mean, you, you know, you, you go through the list of what we what we're expecting to get. We want somebody that's good with youth. He's worked with a Premier League youth team. You know, he's um, he's taken control of a Premier League club for for a couple of games. You know, it, again, caretaker role, but it's there. He, he want to see good football. He's got that experience. You know, we want to see attacking football. Again, it comes back to the futsal thing. It, it's very attack minded, very skills orientated, and you've got to think quickly on your feet. I think this is, if you look purely at what we are, what we've been told that the club are looking for on a checklist. I think you couldn't get more aligned with Marco Skibala's, um, you know, history and his his attributes. Yeah, I think um, that's a really good word, alignment. There, um, everyone's going to have different ideas and preferences of what we feel and what they feel. Mm-hmm. I think a city manager or head coach should be, but I don't think the club have hidden around what they think a head coach should be. And let's not forget, this is just one. It's just one one cog in the wheel here. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Skibala, we're not we're not over overriding and kind of resetting everything here. He, he's coming in to do a very specific role and there was very specific requirements there. Um, so I think from what the club, from what the club want and have d- said that they want quite openly is, yeah, he ticks pretty much every box. I think from a fan's perspective, there is, there's, there's one big question mark, which of course is the lack of experience managing in, in the football league, of course, men's football. Um, and I think that's time will tell with that. And that, that is a real genuine concern I think from a lot for me I'm not too worried uh I'll explain why in a bit I suppose but but I completely understand that concern and but I think from the club's perspective yeah that from the candidates out there mm. it ticks almost every box and, and that's the one reason why I'm actually I never thought I'd say this I feel a bit dirty saying it that I'm actually quite pleased that, you know, that I've got we've got someone that I'm not thinking I wish we had Danny Cowley in, in charge yeah. right now of course, time will tell us whether this turns out to be a success or not. We haven't had a game yet. Um, but kind of reading between the lines, looking at his history, looking, uh, as I said, we've been down a, a, a scoobola-shaped rabbit hole quite recently, and everything that you see is it's just, it, it really just kind of aligns with what, what the club needs right now. So fingers crossed, fingers crossed, yeah. we, you know, we can, we, can go, we can go forward in a really positive way. And, you know, I think the board have earned our trust. That's my opinion. And I, I 100% trust them. Uh, yeah. This. Absolutely. And I mean, Clive put a statement out uh, at the same time as the announcement. Um, he said, in Marcus Kubala, we believe we've achieved just that, which is, uh, you know, uh, identifying, evaluating, securing a head coach with the right skills and personal attributes. Uh, Michael, we believe we've achieved just that. And we see him as a progressive appointment who shares the club's ethos on player development, style of play and ambition. We're confident that Michael will develop our talented squad and evolve our identity in the direction set by the club while delivering winning football. Together, our ambition is to challenge at the top of League One, which, you know, yeah, if there was anything, any doubt in the alignment or, you know, anything like that, I think that probably says it all. Um, and I listened to his interview that he did, uh, you know, in, with, with the club Um 
and he sounds, you know, he sounds like he's le very level-headed, seems very personable. Um, and I was, again, quite impressed with, you know, the way that he spoke and what he had to say. But uh, go on then, Chris, let's let you off your leash. I'm, I know you want to... Uh, <laughs> Well, I think I don't want to just take over here, but just, just, I've, got three, I've got three sections that I'd like to discuss, if that's okay. Go for well, four, I suppose, because one thing we haven't actually spoken about here, I know um, Gary and Charlie did a, a live did a yes. live pod on um, as it was announced. So I assume, I assume most people have, have heard that. But for anyone that hasn't, I think it's worth us just, just quickly running through um, Skid Baller's um, job, his CV, mm -hmm. really, because um, some people might not be, might not be aware, because, of course... There is an, an, uh, a missing element of that, I suppose, which is the fact that he's never man managed in the Football League before. Um, so he started out as a, as a teacher, believe it or not. Um, that sounds familiar. That does sound familiar. <laughs> and then uh, alongside that was was coaching uh, at non-league level, first-team coach at, at Barwell and Hinkley. Also coached in Nottingham Forest Academy, Coventry Academy, uh, and then ended up working at Lutterworth College. After that is when he worked for the University of Loughborough. Um, so, of course, anyone that knows anything about kind of sports science uh, and sports performance, Loughborough is effectively the mecca for that in this country. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a brilliant place. He was assistant first-team football coach there and also, which is the kind of really interesting part, head futsal coach. So futsal is a, an indoor kind of five-a-side sport. It is very different. Um in some ways, to to actual football, it's not just a traditional traditional five a side game that we might play down the park with our mates. There is there are some specific rules there, which which create a really highly technical, highly tactical, um, and highly in, kind of really high intensity sport. Um, and that's the element that I would really like to kind of touch on a little bit. Uh, See, I, I always had a an impression of futsal um, that it was sort of like the like the sexy Brazilian beach football. You know, with, a bit with like the FIFA kids. Street. Yeah, I was going to say like FIFA Street or the Volta mode that they put in a, a few years ago. It's kind of that was my yeah. Chris just uh, made a face uh, <laughs> there, but yeah, that was my assumption of what fut uh, futsal was. But again, since Monday, I've had a, a bit of a look into it, and it, it seems that's very much not the case. Yeah, I think what's really interesting about it is, um, and uh, I listened to an interview from, by him when he was, I think it's a couple of years old now, when he was he was talking to one of the interviews when he was Leeds under-21 managers, but they were talking about his history in futsal. And he said, um, so many foreign coaches, so Brazilian, Argentinian, Portuguese, Spanish, Italian coaches, it's just the norm for them to coach both football and futsal growing up. Uh, and in their development, just like it is the norm for players to play both. You know, some of the best players in the world grew up playing football and futsal. Messi, Neymar, Ronaldo, Xavi, Iniesta, you know, all the, it's amazing the names that they are. Yeah. And it's just synonymous with kind of, with, with the culture in a lot of those countries. It's just not here. Mm -hmm. So so for him, he says, you know, he has he's very much got a football background, but he has this, this futsal string to his bow, which just really, in, he feels, gives him a, a more rounded view of the game and, and futsal as you said i think the perception is it's a really highly technical a little bit showboaty and mm. um, and he explained it in a really interesting way saying that you know it does require a really high level of technical ability but that's more uh kind of a necessary kind of outcome that's a symptom of the the game itself because the game is super tactical the mm. game is super high pace it's only four you know four outfield players you can't find overloads anywhere. If you don't track someone, you don't press in the right way, your body position's just slightly in the wrong place, it's a goal. So, you know, you have to be technically proficient because you have to be switched on um, kind of 
super highly level high levels of tactical knowledge tactical awareness physical exertion and kind of the fact it's super technical is just kind of born out of the fact that it's necessary to be to be able to play the game at that pace if you haven't got that level of technical ability you, you're not going to be a futsal player and of course there are some elements of that which are really transferable to football certainly at the elite level and there are some that are of course less transferable but I think it gives you a really a really interesting background so after he did that at Loughborough University he then was um, the futsal manager at Great British University and colleges then also um, when a, an actual English England team was was created he, he ended up being manager of that as well he was then director of football back at Loughborough University he worked as uh, a coach in the England under 18s team in football and then since then he was then um, worked a little bit for, for UEFA as an advisor and then and then ultimately ended up at Leeds where he was under 21s mm-hmm. coach interim head coach as you mentioned and then under 21s manager for the last year or two um, so that's that's his history so it's not a conventional route into EFL management but it's certainly a really really interesting one so yeah for those of you that were unaware that's that's it, really, in regards to his his background, and and here he is now after you know quite a, a real long coaching coaching career. He never played football at, at any reasonable you know not not professional level. He is a career coach, mm. and they are very different skill sets. So I, I kind of respect that. Now I mentioned a minute a few minutes ago about um, the the chap who I who who I I played with and coached with Joe, um, who also has worked under under Scubala when he was he was being coached by him. So. Um, Joe's given me permission to read out his just a bit of a first-hand experience, really, because you know you can read stuff online, you can kind of create a perception, but getting a bit of a, an idea from someone who's really experienced working with him is, is always interesting. So I'm just going to kind of read this out, and then we can maybe pick up on a couple of points. Mm-hmm. So he says he's very personable. Um, I felt like he created a relationship with every single player, uh, and that player development was key for him. His passion was obvious, even when he moved on. And the funding was pulled from the FA futsal team. He still wanted to find a way of continuing it voluntarily. Um, having a futsal background, he will want a team which is very tactically aware, which of course is news to my ears. Um, <laughs> uh, which is uh, yeah, music to my ears. Sorry. Um, so very tactically aware and well drilled. As you'd imagine, a lot of possession and passing football. I'd also assume a higher press than imps are used to. I also expect to see some free kick routines and set plays. Be interested okay. to see the more traditional side to his play, so that kind of backs-to-the-wall style football. Um, I would say he's fairly aligned with how imps have been recruiting in recent windows, which would make sense. Tactically and technically, he's more of a Pep than a Hodgson. Um, <laughs> so that was just really interesting okay. to get from the horse's mouth there. So, yeah, I think the fact that kind of highly tactical leads in, in into it a little bit. So... In regards to coaching, this this is this this put really interested me. So there's there's a, there's a couple of things here that I'd like to just just add, just to just to let people know really, because um, I spent uh, probably an unhealthy amount of time listening to the man speak over the last day or two. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a one thing that kind of he keeps re- referring to and and kind of calling back to on in every one of the individual interviews that I've heard him mention, which is um, he calls it PDA. So it's perception, decision, action. So it's kind of the coaching technique. It's but it's, it's it's kind of what do players need to do? And this was in reference to it, it was born out of his his coaching with futsal because it's impossible to coach from the sideline because the game is so fast. Mm-hmm. By the time you've told somebody what they need to do, 
it, it's all this too late. It's already happened. So you have to empower the players to be able to make those decisions in the first place. And and so what this is all about, it's there's three stages. There's perception, which is just seeing it. Do you actually have that picture in your mind? Are you spotting these things? So from a pressing perspective, do you know what the triggers are? Are you spotting them in the right way? Is your body position in the right place? Can you see your teammate? Can you see the other guy over there? Do you know that if the ball goes to that side of the pitch or that side of the pitch or if that particular player has a heavy touch, what do you do? Can you can you actually just see it? Firstly, can you just be aware of that? And that's difficult for some players. Some people just players are really good with the ball at their feet, but are pretty poor at that, that out of possession game. Now we, I think in our sport, we're pretty, on the whole, we've got a team that's reasonably well tactically disciplined. So that'll be really interesting. The next stage of that is decision. So once you've seen it, have what are you going to do? You know, are you going to make the right decision at the right time rapidly? You know, do you have that ability to know what to do in that moment and act upon it? And then the last one is, is action, execution. So once you've seen it, once you know what to do, it's doing it correctly with the, the right kind of physical and technical output. And one thing he mentioned is a lot of coaching is very much focused just on action. Coaches just telling players what to do, telling players mm. what to do, telling players what to do. But the players are never necessarily, or not aren't always necessarily coached on doing it themselves, spotting yeah. those things and, and it becoming really autonomous. So that just really, really interested me. And it's a very modern way of, co- of coaching. Well, it's a very modern way of managing people. And we discussed this mm. yesterday, actually, didn't we? Off, off, yeah. uh, off air. Um, I mean, it, I, go on, you go. I've been I was say, it, it's a way of, it, it, it's a very interesting way of, like, like you say, people management, because... I've always, I think there's a lot of people that I know and, you know, myself included, a lot of the time, if you're told, you know, do this, it's okay, I'll go and do it. But you don't necessarily understand the reasoning behind it or, you know, the methodology behind it. Whereas if you, if somebody says, okay, this is what the end goal is and this is what we need to do as a team or as an individual or whatever, it's, it's a bit like inception, you know, (laughs) with, The, <laughs> no, you're right. I like that. It's kind yeah. of the ability to do it without being told. Yeah, you, you kind of, you know, you 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 sow that seed. You, you plant that seed very early on, and it goes right. Okay, the end goal is we want to play attractive attacking football. It's like cool. I know what's you know I know what we wanted. I know what I want us to do. But if I can start to you know plant the seeds in people's minds and then start to you know f- uh, water the plants and make sure that people understand what I'm trying to do they can buy into it a lot more and then ultimately everybody's a lot more cohesive going forward. So I think yeah. in in terms of people management and, um, you know, hopefully getting the best out of the players, it, it certainly sounds like, we, you know, he's on the right track with a lot of his ideas. Yeah, I really liked it. It really just stood out to me. And, you know, what stood out to me a little bit at the weekend, and I don't mind calling calling Hacks out here because I think Hacks can be a player that could hugely benefit from a coach like Scoobala because there's no doubt in Hakeem's technical ability, but mm. we saw it a couple of times on Saturday, just a little bit of indecision where the ball could have gone, yeah. but you know, he he just delayed that decision a little bit, not sure what quite what to do in that in that situation. Completely understandable, playing out of position. But you know, if that just becomes automatic, you just know what to do in that situation, you do it without even really thinking. Yeah. Well, you know, that that can hugely imp- improve a player. Um, yeah. Because ultimately, at the elite level, most players are, f- are quick, most players are strong, most players have got technical ability. It's that consistency, and it's and it's making the right decision at the right time. And yeah. that that that's what really separates the absolute elite players to players that are playing in League One, League Two. So that's really interesting. And I think that leads me on to just just was just one final point, really. 
And this isn't to kind of call out Mark Cohn. I love Mark Cohn. Mark Cohn was one of my <laughs> managers when I was in the academy at Lincoln. He was also the, the manager that gave me a break in non-league football at Spalding. So I have a lot of respect for Mark. Um, but I actually disagree with one one point that he made in his interview with Rob Makepeace when they announced um, Scubala. Because and he was he was very much put on the spot when Rob asked him, um, "What do you think Lincoln need to improve?" And in a roundabout say, Mark kind of said, "Work rate," and yeah, just just working harder. And I just didn't agree with it. To be honest, I felt what we need is, is a little bit of direction, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I I don't think anyone can really cr- criticize the lads for. For, for not working hard. And, and I think there's a difference between, certainly from a fan's perception, of seeing a player's working hard, which is just physical exertion, and actually working hard as part of a unit, a cohesive unit for the team. And, you know, and it's only Sunday league football, so it doesn't count really, I suppose, for me. But I think it's transferable. Um, we had quite a few lads come pre-season, new guys. I'm sure this happens at every club. And, you know, and I've been there myself. When, when, you, when you're trying to impress a new manager and you want to get part of the team, you want to play, you want to show that you're willing to work hard for the team. And, and sometimes in professional football, certainly if you're in a like a, a block position and you're letting the opposition have, have the ball in certain areas and then there's that kind of murmuring from the crowd, saying, oh, someone, someone go and press him, someone go and work hard and engage him. You know, there's a difference between just running, just running, looking like you're working hard, running straight at the defender and to try and win it back. And then it's, but if you're doing it on your own, just because you're looking like you're working really hard and putting pressure on somebody, if you're doing it on your own, you can just get passed around really, really easily. I think, you know, what this is really about is it's not just running for the sake of running and, and, and showing that physical exertion and work rate. It's about having that mental exertion. So that, that, that three, those three um, stages that, that Skubala mentioned, the perception, decision and action. So the action is the bit that we, that we all see, but the perception, actually, actually seeing it and having the, the mental capacity and mental um, kind of stamina, I suppose, to to be switched on at all times and see every single moment. Because every single time a, a player moves on the opposition, every time the ball moves, every time they switch foot with the, that they're controlling the ball with, you have to change. You have to switch on. You have to you have to predict. So having that mental kind of capacity to to keep switched on is is really important. And then of course be able to make the decision really quickly, knowing whether you're going to press really aggressively or block something, what is your body position going to be? And then, of course, when the time is right, then having the ability to work hard physically and and, and go and do it. So for me, what I think the club, the team needs is not just working hard for the sake of running around. It's just having that direction of mentally working hard and becoming really cohesive. I don't think anyone realistically can criticise the whole squad of, of not working hard. I think it's working hard it's in the right way smarter, men, men, yeah smarter but, but mentally as well as physically and sometimes yeah. just running blindly towards the football actually is is a, de- a detriment to your team because it makes it easy to play through um so yeah so that that's kind of my my insight and my my opinion and just I'm, i have to admit for the reasons mentioned these things just really excite me because it's just a it's a really modern forward thinking appointment and if and it is an if everything goes to plan. I feel that we've got a really exciting time ahead here, Mm -hmm. but it will take time. There is no denying and there is no doubt it will take time for, for all of these things to be learned. It takes time to learn new skills, to generate that cohesion. And I think it's imperative that as a fan base, we get behind him and the club and the team. And we are patient, but also understanding that we, you know, he, he mentioned it in his interview. We need to go through that process of improving but we still need to win games. Mm-hmm. So 
yeah, I think he gets it. It's not just a case of give us a few months until we until we sort it. They want to still win in the in the interim, but I think we just need to be really respectful of it's going to take some time for us to, to implement this and, and and for it to work. But when it does, fingers crossed, it can be really really um, successful. So there are the positives. But we mentioned there are, of course, some negatives, which is the fact he's just never done it in this pressurised environment before in full time in full time sport, and I think that's worth mentioning. Um, we don't want to be sycophantic. We don't want to. We don't want to just kind of blindly, blindly um, kind of praise and, and and kind of party, and, and it could be super positive. I think we're going to win the league now, because there are going to be bumps in the road here, um, yeah. and it's nothing. Nothing's proven. <laughs> but I'm just really, I'm just really excited about it. And the more you read into it, the more you watch. And I, and I really, I really recommend for anyone that does want to take an interest. There's a really interesting um, interview with him on the Coach's Voice website. There's one about him on the Athletic. And if you type his name into into Google, not Google, sorry, to YouTube, there are two feature length um, interviews mm-hmm. and there are three kind of five or six minute coaching clips. And they're fascinating, absolutely fascinating. So if you are interested and want to learn a little bit more and just to get a bit of a deeper insight into his kind of philosophies and just the type of bloke he is, I just highly recommend watching him. Because once once I've done that, it's really cemented my opinion of, yeah, this is smart. This is This is really smart. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, the, the benefit of it is that we could have gone with a name, you know, we could have gone with, with a, a, a proven. What always amazes me is the, the, the attitude of we need a proven manager or we need a, somebody that's proven at this level. So I think what the club have, uh, what the club have maybe cemented over the past few years, or at least the past couple of managers, is that you don't need somebody that is quote unquote proven at this level. You just need somebody that is, again, we use the same word, aligns with the ambitions of the club and aligns with the views of the club. Um, and, you know, I, for all it's worth, like, you know, obviously the success we had with Danny and Nicky was unbelievable. Well, magical, wasn't it? It was magical. Yeah. We can't deny it. It was fantastic. It's the best yeah. the best few years this club's ever experienced. 100%. And then Michael came in um, and I think we are defenders of Michael Appleton to a degree on the, on the on podcast. The whole, on the whole, yeah, very much so. You know, I think I, I don't think he really made too many wrong decisions. I think it, it was the right time for him to go when he did. And then obviously Mark Kennedy came in and we've, you know, it's another example of a young coach that is wanting to to kind of plough his own furrow, I guess. You know, you're looking at that and going, I want to do this. And I think, you know, Lincoln is a good vehicle for me to do that in. It might be that they want to use the club as a stepping stone for their career. But at the same time, we want to use a manager to help us progress to another a level. It, it's it's always that sort of symbiotic relationship, isn't it? Where mm-hmm. you've got, you need to have alignment in whatever it is you're doing. And to be honest with you, a lot of the names that you would have, you, you expect with a League One coaching position, I don't see aligning with, with the club for a yeah. lot, to be honest. I think that's a really good point because let's imagine we did hire a name that we all recognised. And you know, some of us are going to be really positive. Some of us aren't, but we all have opinions on that name already. We have, because of their past experiences, we and we can we can judge whether we think they're going to be a fit or not. We have an opinion of whether they're going to be good or bad or indifferent, mm-hmm. but we have an opinion. For someone who's come, let's be honest, out the blue, that most of us would not really know a lot about, if anything, prior to Monday evening, I think it's much easier 
to get behind them because we haven't got those pre-held beliefs of what we perceive them to be. We don't know yet. We haven't experienced. We don't know. Mm. Um, but the evidence that we have got is the reports from from Leeds fans and and what we've seen on the internet so far and the interview he's done with the, with the Imps and that's all positive so far. So hopefully the fact that most people probably haven't got this pre-held belief or opinion of, of what he is makes it yeah. much easier for us to kind of wipe the slate clean and go, yeah, let's, let's back him then. Let's back him. Let's get behind this. We're all Lincoln fans. We all want the best for the club. And if you know, if the board believe that this is the best, the right direction for us to go in and the best man for the job, I 100% trust them. So let's yeah. crack on. Bring on bring on Stevenage on Sunday. Saturday even. Absolutely. <laughs> Sunday, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but look, um, so yeah, I mean, that that's going to... That's going to put a little bow on on Michael Skibar, obviously. Welcome to the Imps from everyone Absolutely. at the Stacey West. We're incredibly excited to uh, to see what happens. If you haven't seen the video that Gaz and Charlie did the live from Monday, I'd highly recommend going back and watching it and uh, you know checking that out. Um, I think Charlie may have had the same reaction Um as he did when when Mr. Booking was announced, and and sort of just went into a huge rabbit hole before uh, before the live. So uh, quite a lot of information in there if you want to get a, uh, you know even more of an informed opinion there. But um, for the time being, what we're going to do is we're going to take a very quick ad break um, and hope that the adverts are number one there and number two in a language that people understand because <laughs> I've had further reports that um, the ads last week were in a different language and that was from somebody in the UK. So who knows? Amazing. Uh, so uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see you on the other side of somebody trying to sell you something. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there we go. Thank you to whoever our sponsors were this week. Uh, Very, very interesting reports coming up over the past few weeks, as I say. But because we didn't have a midweek game and at the time we were planning, we didn't have a, a, we didn't necessarily have a name uh, in the frame for the head coach role. What we've decided to do is also go back and have a little chat with a uh, friend of the pod, Rob, from the Yellow Ribbon podcast. Um, as some of you may know, he is a Walsall fan. That is a Walsall podcast. So we've obviously we've obviously decided to uh, have a chat with him about Mr. Freddie Draper and see how he's getting on. So uh, here is that chat in full. So I am back once again with Rob from the Yellow Ribbon Podcast. How are you doing, mate? Are you well? Yeah, not too bad at all. Not too bad at all. I mean, results could be a lot better on the pitch, but 
you know, it's it's um, it, well, it's like we were having a little chat before we started, but we are 17th in League Two, seven points off relegation, but seven points off the playoffs. So all the league, all divisions seem to be really tight at the minute. It's mad, yeah. absolutely mad. But I mean, one of the reasons that you you know you're kind of probably feeling a little bit safer is due to Mr. Draper, um, who uh, you know we've uh, we we don't have a midweek game this week, so we thought we'd get you in, have a little chat, see how he's getting on. Um, obviously, at the moment, as we're all aware, uh, Freddie is back with the Imps, um, rehabbing an injury at the moment. But apart from that. Um, we just wanted to catch up and see, you know, how you guys have seen Freddie since we last spoke. Um, I, th- I think um, I- I'm prepared for a lot of superlatives to be uh, to be put our way, to be honest, because I've seen a lot, an awful lot of uh, very positive comments coming out of Walsall. So uh, I'll let you take it away. Terrible! You should just get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> Never going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> cool end of part see you later guys cool see you later yeah that's fine yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean it's one of those things where every, every club has it where you see a young player come in on loan and you go don't fall in love with him don't fall yep. in love with him and then he does one good thing and you're like oh okay alright uh, we, can, we can have a, an alright player on loan and then they keep doing that good thing and they keep scoring and they keep digging us out of trouble in matches and you just think oh, just please don't go back in January <laughs> like we know you're going to go at the end of the season and we know we're not going to keep you but just please stick around for the whole season he's I think he's it, it's been a really good development for him mm-hmm. um, we interestingly a few days ago did an episode because Walsall's owners have now bought uh, Geordie United, who obviously right. he was out on loan at last season. Mm-hmm. And we we were obviously talking about the link between the two clubs. And we spoke to Dave, who's a Geordie United season ticket holder. Um, as soon as we mentioned his name, his reaction was, <laughs> oh, what a player. <laughs> so I think really that's all we can say is just what a player. Yeah. I mean, let's let's talk about his performances then, because obviously, you know, he's. I think he's got eight for the season so far in the league. Um, I don't think he scored in any of the other competitions yet, by the looks of it. Um, no, because he was suspended for the Carabao. That's and, right. Yeah, and then uh, the injuries Cup, kicked he, in. Yeah, it was injuries. Yeah. But again, okay. though, it, in this fear of January, it's quite convenient that he was injured. Yeah. Because if he was cup tied you weren't allowing him to play then it sort of managed to fly under the radar a bit yeah no, that's a fair point and it, to be fair it's one I'd not even I hadn't even thought about to be fair but uh, yeah so I mean obviously you know he, he scored in uh, he scored in a win over Salford for you um, scored in a win over Wimbledon he has scored in a win over Bradford um, four win over Gillingham and possibly the the one that pricked everybody's ears up in Lincoln was uh, he got all three goals for Walsall in your three-all draw against Newport. So I, I remember scrolling through social media at that point and seeing some of, this, uh, some of the tweets coming out from the Walsall account and I just thought, yeah, you're falling in love with him, lads. What's, what's happening? <laughs> he, he's just a powerhouse. Mm-hmm. He... I mean, technically he's good. Obviously, you can see by the number of goals that he scored, both with us and sort of last season, that he's got a natural finishing ability. 
but his work rate and his desire and his drive is is what will will make him a very good player in the EFL, not mm. just oh yeah, he's, he's a good finisher. Like mm. he doesn't give up. He bullies defenders, and you just—it's so rare for someone that young to just be so all-out energy mm. and all like and but also with composure. It's, right, okay. it's that balance of he's energetic, he's strong, he's got the work rate, but he's not a headless chicken with it. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he's been playing as a lone striker, which I'm not sure, I can't remember when we last spoke, whether that had been the the switcher, but he had been playing in the lone striker role now. And I mean, he's forced Danny Johnson to being a bit part player. And Danny okay. Johnson is, as lower league fans know, I mean, we had him on loan last season and then signed him in the summer. And he was, I think he scored, it was one in two. For, mm-hmm. I can't remember the numbers now, but, you know, Danny Johnson in League Two is a starting striker and Draper's keeping him out the side. bench player. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. I mean, so it, it sounds, the fact that you're saying that he's, he's playing as a loan striker, it does sound like it. He's kind of almost fitting into what we were doing. I mean, obviously at the moment, the, the situation with the, the formation, everything we're going to be playing is a little bit up in the air. We're not sure um, how Skibala is going to play. Um, you know, when he comes in and starts playing, but it definitely sounds like I think last time we spoke, we were saying that um, I think you were, we were saying that he, he was playing off somebody else and was kind of you know the the, the big man of a two, if you like, but obviously you know not quite as. Uh, direct as some would expect him to be. Um, what else has he has he brought to you guys? I remember you saying before that he, you know, he seems to def- well, he seems to be playing for the shirt, and you know, he really seems to be playing as a Walsall player rather than a, you know, a, a lone e. Um, is that has that continued, and how's that bond happening? You know, uh, developing, should I say, with the fans? I mean, the bond the bond is there because in a in a team where you know, results are hit and miss at the moment. And obviously, saying this, he hasn't obviously played the last couple of matches for us because of this this injury. He It's that it's that determination and that work rate. It's not a, I'm here for six months if I play well, I'm back in January. It's a, I play for Walsall. And that's, that's it. it. You kind of get that sense that, obviously, in the back of his mind, he's thinking, if I do well, I can... Yeah, back at the leagues into League One, and it wouldn't surprise me that if he can continue progressing, he will progress beyond yourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's you can see, you could see, especially in that with that hat trick, that he was right in the fat with the fans. As soon mm-hmm. as he scored, he was straight over into the corner with the fans celebrating and it meant as much to him probably more to him than most of the other players on the pitch he Mm. just has this desire to want to win and want to score and want to perform that lonely or not you want that in your team absolutely yeah um so i mean we'll um we'll we'll start to we'll start to wrap up quickly because obviously you know we, we are um we are approaching the january window um although it is probably uh, you know, it's probably approaching sooner rather than you would want it to um, with that slight fear. Um, we said before, obviously, we had 
at the time, I think when we spoke, we said, oh, you know, we'll be fine. We've got, you know, Tyler Walker. We've got Ben House. We've got Jack Vale coming in, who's just getting over an injury. And then we've got Jack Moylan coming in in January. And and then suddenly we didn't have any strikers. Um, yeah, we saw. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we were chatting in our in the Stacey West group chat and we said, I wonder if Walsall are going to come back and say that Freddie's injured till February the 1st and we can't <laughs> see him until then. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, look, it's from from all accounts, it sounds like Tyler Walker is going to be back in the next few weeks. Jack Vale is starting for us now, and he's starting to find his feet a little bit with us. Ben House probably we're looking around February time for a return, um, and then like I say, we still have Jack Moylan to come in, who finished as League of Ireland's top scorer. So there does seem to be a uh, almost a mixed response in terms of you know what the city, what Lincoln fans are thinking of. Um, a lot of people are saying, get him back, get him in the first team. You know, if he's banging him in, in League Two, he'll be, you, you know, he might struggle a little bit, but he's, he's, he's showing the desire. And then there's some people that are saying, well, let's keep him at Walsall for his development and let's see, you know, how he does over the course of a full season. And then at the end of the, you know, the season, when he comes back, either he goes into our first team or we can make a good profit on him because there may be some offers sniffing around from elsewhere. Yeah. Um, I know which one is the obvious one that you guys would want to see. Um, but, I mean, how... I, I don't want to put the negative spin on it, but how big a blow would it be if we decided to pull the trigger and recall him in January? It would be. It Of course it would be, because I think any any team that loses someone who's a fairly consistent goal scorer is going to feel it. The... The four-two-three-one that we play now isn't what we recruited for in the summer. It, okay. it was sort of injury-led, I'd say. It was a we settled on a on a three-five-two, but then lost a lot of set, like a lot of centre backs. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we've only got three that are fit. One of which has just come back from. A, I don't know if it was a broken ankle, but a long term, a long term yeah. injury. So we've we've been forced into this four two three one. The issue we've got is Danny Johnson isn't that pressing forward and that energetic forward that you need in that role. Mm-hmm. But he scores goals. So I would say, in one sense, it would be a blow. But we've got a good striker that we could replace with. We'd obviously need to recruit another striker because we'd be losing mm-hmm. one. I I feel that we wouldn't be able to play the same system and almost we're not getting the same output up front in terms of energy and work rate if he were to go. Um, okay. it, it, I mean, it would be a huge blow because there's four in a fully fit side, we can have two strikers at top and Draper and Johnson showed early season that they can play together. And I think the scope for that, I'm, I'm trying to remain positive. <laughs> I'd be absolutely gutted if he went in January. Okay. And I think it, we've had a historically January is a terrible month. I mm. cannot remember the last time that we came out of a January, even in the same position that we went in in terms of quality we always seem to worsen and right, okay. I think if we if we lose Draper I don't see how we get someone as good as him in mm. so if we were to do it 
it would be a first of January rip the you know rip the plaster off and, yeah, and kind I, of recover from that. It's I don't know whether this is a controversial view or not. I'd, I'd hope that if you're going to recall him, that it's conversations have been had so that at least you give in all sort of heads up to go look. But then again, it's all going to depend on your new manager. If yeah. you want to play one up top and you've got this abundance of strikers, then obviously I know I'm defending Draper staying with us, but it would make sense to keep him at the club where he's playing more. Yeah. Uh, no, and, and to be fair, I'm I'm in absolute agreement. You know, I'm I'm firmly in the camp of I think keeping him in uh you know, keeping him at League Two at the moment. He's obviously finding his feet, he's he's confident, he's scoring, he's he's getting some assists as well by the looks of it, you know, and he's he's like say if he's if he's putting in the energetic performances and pressing the foot uh, you know, pressing the defence. I I I'm all for leaving him with you guys for uh, for the end of the season, but unfortunately, it's not my call. So uh, I think but- the biggest thing for him, it's probably the fact that he could play 30 games in a season. Mm-hmm. Whereas, if he's going to come back and be a bench player for you, yeah, that that will hinder that development. Yeah. So that that's my view on it. Anyway, I think it'd be good for his development. I mean. I know we're not going to keep him beyond the end of the season, so <laughs> it, it would make him probably ready to take on more of a starting role for wherever he goes yeah. next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, you know, I, th- I think we're kind of on the same page. I mean, obviously, you guys want to keep him. I personally think it's going to be better for his development if he if he stays out there. But it sounds like he's uh, you know making a big impact out of Walsall um so far this season. Hopefully, you know, his injury is not too uh, not too hefty and he can come back relatively soon. Um and you know bang a few more goals in for you guys and hope so. Uh you know hopefully it won't be won't be quite the uh, the end of the love story that uh, we we would expect. But now, thanks I'd for joining me. Like one of these with you in the future yeah. about Draper and not and not. Oh, thanks for having him back. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know we will we will keep our fingers crossed that we can have a chat with you in uh, around March sort of time um, with Freddie still banging him in for Walsall and uh, you know House Walker and Vale doing it for us so thanks for joining me Rob really do appreciate it and uh, we'll uh, chat to you again soon and there we go that was uh, Rob from the Yellow Ribbon podcast and uh, yeah Chris you've uh, you've had a chance to listen to that as well and um, what did you make of that how are are you thinking uh, Freddie's getting on Rob's fallen in love with him, hasn't he? He has. He very much has. <laughs> Never fallen um, in love with a lone player. We've all been there. And he yeah, certainly has. He certainly indeed. has. Um, but you know what? My opinion's changed somewhat on Freddie. Okay. Um, not in a positive or a negative way. Um, I still think he can be a, a massive asset for this football club. But mm. my perception, maybe we spoke about this maybe a month or so ago, was absolutely getting back in January. He's on form. He's a striker that's fit and firing. Um. I think the fact he's picked up a little bit of a knock now. Uh, we have got players coming back in. I actually have changed my mind in regard to what I think is best for Freddie's development. Mm-hmm. And maybe, just maybe, um, staying at Walsall for the whole season would be would be the thing that's that's correct for Freddie and also for the long-term benefit of Lincoln City. Now, of course, we don't know what the club's going to do, but listening to Rob and also just his injury situation, um, mm. I think is has maybe changed my mind a little bit. I'm still super, super excited about him. It sounds like everyone that's ever, ever kind of coached him or, or watched <laughs> him play is. Um, yeah. And hopefully he can be, a, he can be a real asset for this football club. But yeah, my opinion's changed in regard to whether 
he should be just straight in the first team at Lincoln, which is kind of, I was of the opinion, yeah, just get him in the team and playing um, in January compared to now, actually, let's, let's, let's let him develop for a full season, then give him a proper full pre-season with us next year. And then hopefully, hopefully he could be a fixture in the first team squad next season for us. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the interesting thing that, um, you know, Rob was saying was that there's his, obviously we, we knew he was, you know, a powerful player. Uh, we knew he had a lot of strength to him, but he was also saying that like the, um, just the tactical awareness and the ability that he's got is is really starting to come to the fore now. And obviously they're playing him as a lone striker at the moment, which kind of pricked my ears up a little bit. I'm not going to lie when they said, oh, you know, he's playing on his own up top. So, oh, oh, that, that could be something that we're using. But obviously we don't know how Michael's going to you know, set up the squad and set up the, the first 11 and all the rest of it. And I think, I, I don't know whether... Michael Skubala coming into the club helps or hinders the chances of Freddie coming back or staying um, in January. It's a very interesting situation. And obviously we're kind of, we're seeing now what Jack Vale's about. We're undoubtedly going to talk about him in a little bit when we talk about the game on Saturday, but we've also got the confirmation that Tyler Walker's back in training and Ben House is looking to probably be around February time, I believe. Um, yeah, there are there abouts. I think when when Mark McCandy first mentioned he was out for a certain period of time, it kind of he said it was, lined up, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, lined up with that. Yeah, definitely. So so fingers crossed. Yeah, it's things are looking ahead. We did say, didn't we, a few weeks ago, we've just got to stick in here for a few weeks. When we start to get players back, everything will be okay. <laughs> Since then, we've lost Rico, um, yeah. but we have um, but we have obviously got Jack in, and we've actually got a proper striker in the squad. And I think that really shows whenever yes. he's played in that striker position, that centre forward position, we've looked better for it. So. Yeah, I, I'm still of the opinion, and you know, I, I, I think bringing Freddie back in January, I, I genuinely think it could be detrimental to him um, if he were to come back from, you know, being in such a rich vein of form at, at Walsall to coming over to Lincoln and then sitting on the bench. Yeah, I think if he comes in and plays, fair dues, absolutely yeah. get him in. But with the, with him not not being on. Red hot form now, just simply because he's injured at the moment. Yeah, um, I think that maybe puts the brakes on that a little bit in my head. So I agree with you. I agree with you completely. Yeah, absolutely. So there we go. Um, again, thank you to Rob. Go check the Yellow Room podcast out if you thank want you, to hear about Walsall. So next up, um, away on Saturday at Stevenage, and we all Steve know Evans and Edge. <laughs> yes, yeah, Stephen Steve's an Edge. <laughs> See, you could probably make C- uh, Steve Evans I don't know. This is silly. Sorry, I, I yeah. started. That. Um, <laughs> yeah, interesting Steve game though. Interesting. Yeah, it is, what, what a what an awakening to League One football this is for <laughs> Michael Skubala, someone that wants to come in and play modern style of football, attacking football, ball on the deck, high in tempo, high pressing, and we're going to go play against Stevenage, which is a little bit of a throwback. Let's be Absolutely. honest, but you know what. They're, legit- they're legitimately good at it, though. Mm, um, yeah. The underlying numbers are really interesting. Sometimes we kind of go into depth with them in preview. Sometimes we kind of skim over them a little bit because, like, the club might just be in the mid- middle of the pack for everything. Stephen, it's a really interesting kind of um, analytically, really, just numbers-wise, because they're either right towards the top of all metrics or right towards the bottom of all metrics. Um, so I'll be honest, the perception you have in your head, everybody that's listening right now, around what sort of style of football you think Stevenage play, you are 100% correct. <laughs> um, so uh, lowest number of passes in the league, um, lowest number of um, lowest passing accuracy in the league. 
Um, long passes, fifth in the league. Yeah, um, possession lowest in the league. Um, the lowest number of one v one dribbles in the league. That we are third bottom in that. In, in fairness, um, they're the third most fouled team in the league. First number as uh, the highest number of aerial duels per match. Um, the second most ball losses per match because a transitional game makes sense, uh, and 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 so on. Um, so, so we're expecting a, a masterclass then. The thing is, like, so in terms of style, in terms of style, you you know what you get. It's going to be direct. It's going to be front foot. It's going to be in your face. Going to it's going to be high intensity. It's going to be very very transitional. But also the underlying numbers show that they're actually very good at it. They're very good at it. They have one of the lowest XG against. Uh, so their XG against is... Oh, God, it's gone. Where's it gone? Here it is. They are third. They are third in the league. They're actually... We're, we're fourth. So they're, they're better than us at XG against. Not many teams are. But also their XG4 is fourth. So they're very, very good at creating lots of chances. And they're very, very good at stopping the opposition, creating lots of chances. Fair play. Mm. You, can't, you, can't, you can't deny it. You can't criticise that. You can you can say it's ugly, you can say it's empty football, but it bloody works. It <laughs> bloody works. So it's going to be somewhat of a challenge. And I think with um with a new style or the beginnings of a new style for us, it's gonna be so difficult for us to predict how we think we're gonna line up. We've no idea. Um Charlie mentioned on uh on the live one that he always plays a four, two, three, one. Yeah, I don't think that that's something that we can read a lot into. When you're part of a club, certainly an under 21s manager, um, you imagine a lot of that is going to be directed by the club a little bit yeah, to align with the first team it, yeah. to an extent. To, to an extent. Um, so, yeah, I, I think he, he mentioned in his interview with us that he, he's very much here to generate and create our style. Um, there'll be clearly some 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 elements that he he kind of feels are, are kind of fill up, like his philosophy. But I also think he's going to take into element in terms of what well, what we're good at. What you want to play to your strengths, don't you? So it's going to be really difficult for us to say, "Oh, we're going to, we're going to line up in a four-two-three-one or a four-four-two. Or we don't know. What we yeah. do know is how Steve Mitch are going to play. We know their style. They also almost always play in a three-four-one-two. So that's back three, wing backs, two sixes. Um, so similar to us in those in those two thirds. But they tend to play with a number ten and two strikers, and they just hit that. They just hit those strikers um, who run channels. Um, Occupy defenders, and it's the number ten in behind that, that they try and um, create create chances from generally, and they're good from set pieces. So, yeah, it's going to be a real oh, test. Good, that's something that we need, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be a real test. It's going to be a real test. Set pieces. It's going to be a real test physically and mentally, mentally more than anything, because it's that it's that I mentioned earlier, a mental awareness to be able to switch on mm-hmm. to all of those individual situations. And you know, it, it's just as we've seen a few individual errors this season. It's just that. On the whole, we're all right. But it's just that split moment, that just split second where, where memory lapses a little. Yeah. Um, so it, I think that's going to be really interesting because we're going to be really under the cosh. It's going to be a real... It's probably, in some ways, the best and some some ways the worst first match for, for Skubala because it's very much, probably very much different to what he's, 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 he's set up a team against at all, really, ever, I imagine. Um, but the guy's clearly not stupid either. Yeah. Well, I am... Again, this is a, another one where I am about to have a chat, but in the past, by the time you listen to this, I'm uh, going to have a chat a little bit later on with Matt from the Stevenage FC podcast to get his view on the game uh, and, and you know his his opinions ahead of Saturday. So um, take it away, future Ben. I guess um, <laughs> and we'll we'll come back in a second. 
There's a good question. Look, we all know our style. Our style's fast and direct. We go into the very last whistle. We win our battles. We're a big side. But we've also got quality players when we look in the squad and we look at players like Jordan Roberts, etc. You know, in actual, in, in terms of talent, very talented players that probably actually could play the championship. Um, so I think really seeing the form that we've had, eight wins, five draws, there isn't really anything that we're kind of going, oh, we need to do more of really, because what we're doing at the minute, it's, a bit, it's like gold dust. We're kind of, everything <laughs> we're doing, we're, we're winning games. I know we had a bit of a tough run in October, but yeah, everything we're doing at the minute, we're, we're winning games and we're doing it really well. I think one of the things that we'd, kind of noted um, whenever we've played one of the top sides uh, and I use Oxford and Blackpool, for example, Bolton, we really deserved a result that day. But um, those games, we probably needed to play better football, um, you know, away from home, probably needed to get the ball down on the floor a bit more and actually compete in that regard. Uh, but we did it against Derby. Against Derby, we played some beautiful football at home and, and won three uh, three one and it should have been four or five on the day. Um, so at the minute, there's not really anything we're kind of sitting here going, oh, we need to do better. Like the defence is doing really well. Uh, we're scoring goals at the other end uh, and, and we're playing some good football as well. Um, and it's really interesting. I, I remember when we come into to League One this season and I remember, you know, watching all the predictions and it's really funny football. I remember seeing all the players that we signed at the start of the season and I remember looking through some of the players, you know, the Nathan Thompsons, the Louis Thompsons, etc. And, you know, these are lads that have kind of, you know, played championship, but have been competing up the top of League One for the last few years. And actually, when I, I remember looking in the summer, looking at, um, looking at all the, um, you know, players we recruited and thinking, actually, there's room there for a team to be in the top 10. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was really interesting watching all the prediction stuff and being predicted in the bottom five as we were. And I think a few of us kind of felt that if we'd had the start that we all hoped with the players we've got, um, we could actually be doing the things that we're doing. So um, mm. we've kind of gone under, on, under the radar almost. Uh, and, and yeah, look, we're doing the things we're doing. So yeah, I think to answer your question, we're, we're pretty happy with everything at the minute, how everything's going. We come for a tough period. We've come out the other end of that winning games and we're still fit. So yeah, look, it's um, it's been terrific. And yeah, I think we're just hoping that we're somewhat still lingering by February. And then look, who knows, right? Who knows? Things happen in football. So there we go. Thank you, Matt. Um, again, I'm not, at the time of recording this, not 100% sure what he's had to say, but scheduling's a bitch sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> but, yeah, um, I, I think you said just before uh, we went, we, we cut some out there, that it, it's possibly the best and worst first game. I mean, it's the worst in terms of uh, preparing for it, even though we know exactly what to expect. I think it's a... It, it's always going to be a difficult game when you set up against Stevenage. You know, mm -hmm. like say they're a physical side; they they get it forward quickly. They don't necessarily play the most attractive football, and as you say, it is kind of anti-football um, to a degree. Mm. I think to, to, a, to a degree, I feel bad saying that because we've played our fair share of that style of football. Oh, hundred percent, we loved it. Yeah, um, but the perception of that is is it's, it's not yeah. modern football, is it? But like I said, that's a very different style. But they are good at it. They are yeah. very effective at what they do and we've got to be really respectful of that I think yeah absolutely but I, I think the other side of it is if he wins hmm. can you can you think of a better way to cement yourself as a new Lincoln City manager than going away to a Steve Evans side and winning absolutely not is that that could be the best the best kind of a boost you can get really isn't it um 
It's yeah. going to be very difficult for them to scout us, let's be honest, because they're yeah, yeah, yeah. a new gaffer in there. Um, I just think it's going to be very difficult to play against them because, again, we don't know yet. We haven't seen a skew ball aside yet, and certainly it's going to take time for that to really um, kind of come to fruition. But one thing I think we can be reasonably sure from the evidence that we have is that he's going to want us to be really switched on and press really intelligently. And when you're playing against a side that doesn't really play out at all, mm. you can't really press it. So that yeah. element of your game is 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 kind of uh, a little bit less less effective and less important. It, what we need to try and be really good with is, is when we have the ball, we've got to be really good with the ball um, mm. and keep it away from them and and try and play play with confidence and with 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 bravery really. Um, and if we can do that and we can do that well, then then we can get something out of this. But um, I have to admit, Stephen just surprised me a little bit this season. I didn't think they'd be down there getting relegated. I thought they'd be comfortable. So I think that's how. But it's how well they've, they've done, people, yeah, it's really? really surprised me. And like I said, sometimes you see, and we mentioned it with us, we mentioned it with other teams, things like Exeter had a good start to the season, table-wise, results-wise, but actually the underlying numbers suggested that that might be a little bit in, unsustainable. Mm. Stephen, it, it isn't. They're, they're, they're where they deserve to be on their on their performances at the moment. And yeah, credit I don't like to give Steve Evans credit. It, <laughs> I don't feel comfortable doing it at all. But, some, you, you know, this, the team's good. They're good at what they do and they're really effective at it. And it's going to be a real tough game for us. But... I hope I do feel, and I was really tempted to go myself. I just really can't get there. I've got other commitments, but I feel there might be a few more people deciding to head down there now than maybe yeah. they would have done beforehand. Um, you know, we're, well, interestingly enough, the game is also available on iFollow for yeah, that, people. That's really interesting. I think it's because it's a no, it's not. It's big, international, international weekend. weekend, of course. That'd be why. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's great. So yeah, I'll definitely get it on iFollow. Um, I would love to be there. I would absolutely love to be there. I just, I just can't get there. But hopefully, that this means that there's going to be more than maybe normally would have would have gone, um, and mm-hmm. we can really back him. And let's be honest, you know, we've all got our own opinions on Lincoln City. We're all, we all have, have different pros and cons and different different um, ways of, of of kind of wanting the best for the club. But we all want the best for the football club. We're all yeah. passionate about the football club and. Every every club has fans that disagree. It wouldn't be football if it didn't. But I think we're a good fan base. You know, yeah. when it, it won't take a lot to get us really united, to get behind the whole club and get behind the whole team and the whole manager. And if we can take loads of fans down there on Saturday, really back the lads, really back the gaffer, whether we win or lose, but mm-hmm. just to show, yeah, we're behind you here. Let's go. Let's have it. You know, we're on yeah. something here together. I don't think it will take a lot to get us really, really kicking on and getting really united again. We'll all we'll all agree and disagree on different things, but I just think it's important to say we all want the same thing. Yeah, and absolutely. So let's let's be united and let's have it. That's kind of my mentality <laughs> with this. I'm yeah. really, really excited about the Scubaler era. I really am. So I just wonder if Mide's going to be a bit upset that his his chant is probably going to get stolen now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll just do it both. Do it for both. Yeah, why well, not? <laughs> but I mean, just just flipping back to to Stevenage a little bit. I mean, obviously the the danger men we need to look out for. Um, we've got Jamie Reed who has he's already in double figures, and it's November. That's it's not a bad start. Yeah, and what's interesting it. again, underlying numbers sometimes players hit hot. They they overachieve their expected goals and their expected chances created. He scored and been involved in as many goals pretty much. As the numbers as suggest, he should, he should be. be. Yeah. yeah, he's he's just a good player. Um, yeah. yeah, so there, there aren't many outliers liars in this regard. The team, the players they've got, uh, they're a really well-rounded team, and they're very good at what they do. So yeah, he, he's he's the big name because he's the one that's kind of putting the ball in the net more often than not. But they've got a, they've got quite a few good players to be honest. Um, 
I mean, Aaron it sounds Presley like... up there as well is a, is a player that's been around this level for a little while. Works incredibly hard off the ball, actually, Aaron Presley. And I'm sure you're going to list some others in a moment. As I say, I mean, I, I know Kane Hemmings has been out for a while. I think he came back for the last league game, if I'm not mistaken. I believe uh, which one was that? Yeah, that's, that was against uh, that was against Wickham um, when Stevenage won, and that was a Hemmings assist and a read finish. So mm, there you go. Yeah, you know, Hemmings coming back into the squad. It's obviously a name that a lot of people recognise quickly. Look, it's going to be a tricky game. We've said that already. Um, I just hope that we can, you know, have the new manager bounce that we had with Tom Shaw. Um, but uh, yeah, um, but one one name I did want to mention actually with regards to Stevenage um, that we haven't yet. Uh, Harry Anderson is obviously at Stevenage at the moment. Oh yeah, that's really bad. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> Sorry, um, Harry. I'm so sorry, Harry. Love you really. Hasn't played much since he moved from Bristol in the summer. Um, he's been, I think he's been struggling for fitness quite a bit. Um, and recently was involved in a car accident, which has, uh, which kept him out for a little bit as well. So hopefully, you know, he can at least uh, head over to the fans on Saturday and, and give everybody a wave and, and get a bit of a cheer because I'm sure anybody that's there would, would undoubtedly welcome you know or at least give harry a warm reception uh, oh yeah he's, def- he's definitely earned to reception i think i don't think there's a single looking city supporter that dislikes harry anderson no um yeah he's a also, for the team now wouldn't we also he's 26 that's yeah when you when you think about it you think oh yeah he, he must be getting on that he's 26 he's it's not fair is it no it's unbelievable <laughs> but anyway um but yeah, I think that's probably you know a good spot to to stop talking about Steve Evans and Stevenage. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, we've, we've done it enough. I've I've been kinder to Steve Evans and his team now than I have in any any other time in the rest of my life, and I feel really dirty about it. <laughs> I was going to say you're going to need a shower so after this. Stop. Yes, I absolutely do. <laughs> um, but one thing again, just before we wrap up, obviously you know it's been an exciting week for the club. We've had a lot going on um, after. Some people say it's probably too lengthy a process. I think it's just been a thorough process, and I think it's been, you know, one that the club have needed to get right. I think a similar thing happened, um, you know, with Mark Kennedy, and I, if I recall correctly, it was a similar amount of time. Mm, I think it's because um, it was pre-season; it didn't seem yeah, as long. Yeah, so, the off-season anyway. Yeah, um, but one really important thing that we haven't yet discussed and we haven't yet mentioned is it's a real pleasure to see Tom Shaw sticking around and yeah. being given the assistant head coach role um, under Michael Scabala. Um, I think it shows that Tom is very, very well regarded at the club. And I think it shows that, you know, the gratitude that the club had for helping us, you know, or guide us at least through a, a tricky period. Um, and I don't think Tom's, you know, disgraced himself in any way, shape or form with the the work that he did over that uh, over that period so no, I'm, no, he's team admir- admirably and I think it's important I think we've got a good one there we've really got yeah. a good one you know I, I was really impressed with how he spoke how he spoke about the mm-hmm. game um, me and Gaz mentioned on Sunday that maybe we disagreed with the team selection in the first half but we were super impressed with his substitutions and his tactical change in the second half mm-hmm. that's great you know that's that's very much opposite Michael Appleton isn't it you know hang on this isn't right let's change it and yeah. let's do it in a really aggressive way and I, I really liked that and I think I think he's he's shown glimpses of, of some real talent there but he's always, what's clearly obvious is that he's got the backing of the players. The players clearly respected him. And since he's been part of the club, you know, he was brought under the, in as a, as a um, under-18s coach, the youth team coach, when Danny and Nicky were still here. Since then, he's become under-18s manager. 
then he, he went um, and was kind of under 18s assistant manager and also managed at Gainsborough, like kind of that dual role. Then he came back and was first team coach, and now he's moved up into the assistant manager's role. It's been a you know a constant upward curve of a career progression. So yeah, I think I'm really pleased that he's still part of the club. I didn't doubt that he would be, but I actually thought he'd just go back into his old role of first team yeah. coach for him to get what appears to be quite a deserved promotion into an assistant manager as well and be working really closely with Scubala. I think that gives some real good continuity as part of the squad, as part of the, the backroom team, but mm-hmm. also with the fresh the fresh eyes and the, the hopefully the, the fresh kind of um, impetus, I suppose, that you can get and direction you can get from, from the new gaffer and hopefully they can work really well together. 100%. So there we go. Uh, exciting times ahead. Mm. Hopefully, you know, we can... Uh, get the Scubala era off to a good start. Um, I also just want to say that although it wasn't, well, I can give them both credit because I know they'll both listen. Uh, Chris from Imptoons and Dean Wagstaff coming up with the, uh, the new name for Imptoons. Obviously we've had the Cowley method, the big apple we had on the mark, sure thing. And now we have Scooby doodles. I think that's fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant stuff. So yeah, look forward. Keep... Look forward to those. I, look, I absolutely adore what Chris does with him teams. I think it's absolutely fantastic. I don't know how he thinks of them. They're just brilliant. Yeah, they're just brilliant. He did. He did send one rejected pro, uh, rejected concept to me while he was uh, thinking about one a few weeks ago, which was it was just brilliant, but probably not that appropriate. So uh, <laughs> I will uh, I'll leave that one be and float it in the ether so people can uh, probably hazard a guess at what it was, but. That's going to do us for the podcast. We've hit, well, we're probably over an hour with the the additional additional interviews and stuff as well. Thank you for being with me on this Wednesday. I should said I should said at the early doors. You know, you're getting this one a little bit early because we're recording on Wednesday this week. But thanks for being with me, Chris. Oh, it's been a pleasure as always, my friends. Absolutely, it always is. And uh, we will see you. I can't remember who's up for Sunday, but somebody will be here to talk your ear off about the Stevenage game and preview everything that's going on next week at the football club but until then up the imps up the imps it's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow you've got your McNugget share boxes on the go your mates already got booked for double dipping but then you steal the last nugget snatching all three points perfect Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.